everyone deserves to feel connected. That's why Cox has high-speed internet to fit any budget. For real. Learn more at cox.com slash ACP. Non-transferable one per household. Application and eligibility decisions are made by the FCC. Other restrictions apply. Meet Bob. Hey, Bob. He's a four-time tire rotation champion. When he was a baby, his first words were automatic transmission fluid. Bob's so cool, he has engine coolant running through his veins. And then there's Kyle, also known as Premium Unleaded. Legend has it that Kyle can change your oil with his toes and that he can tell your tire's air pressure just by how you're walking. He's Bob, he's Kyle, and every Saturday morning they morph together to form the greatest superhero known to man, Mr. Mechanic. Check engine lights don't stand a chance. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show on 1110 KFAB. Good morning. This is a Mr. Mechanic Show, or I guess good afternoon, whichever one it is. Uh, this is an interactive call-in show for you to call in, ask some questions, and we'll be able to uh, you know, give the top one or two, three answers, something along that line, and uh, kind of help you with that new car, used car, crash car, what do I do with this car, how do I get rid of a car? You know, We get rid of a lot of cars after they uh, become too expensive to fix. We don't want that. There's we've no sent a lot of them off. We've sent a lot of them off. And, and, you know, every car comes to that at some point. You either trade it off or uh, it becomes uh, like we had a head gasket the other day and the vehicle was just far too more expensive to fix that than, than the 30 years old that it was. Yeah, I mean. There's nothing special. Let's put this into perspective. So I was at the Model T car show a couple months ago. So, I mean, think about that. Those cars never died. No. They've seen 100 years of repair, plus. <laughs> you can buy something for everything on it. And yeah. they were so simple. They've um, been repaired in 10 different decades. I mean, imagine the price range <laughs> of these repairs. I mean, yes. for an engine rebuild these days on that car, I mean, you would have quadrupled the cost of the car buying it new. Yeah, and I'm always, I'm always so amazed at how quickly they start and run with exposed wires and uh you know they could jump to ground at anywhere but they you know you know the, the you bag. ever touch one of those open spark plugs no i don't know no, 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 yeah. no, no i don't like the, i don't like spark and then you put magnetos on there they will really go oh that's, yeah. yeah that's why they fire they start up that hot yeah that's yeah there's a reason they start you're right versus now i mean you hardly even get half of a crank out of a model t and boom it's running but now since fuel injection you have to crank it over a certain rpm that's that's why so we talk about batteries being good because you have to have certain cranking rpm in order for the computer to recognize what's going on and then it cranks over long enough for it to actually find number one that's what your camshaft sensors for so that it knows to fire off at a certain spot so that the car can start and run and, and run fine you yeah. know back in the when fuel injection was around it would just fired up and then it just would run rough for a while till the, the computer finally figured out where number one was and all of a sudden it smoothed out yeah um, but yeah, that's something to think about also. Everything that has to happen on a modern car when we push that button or turn that key. Yeah. You've essentially got up to a potential of 50-plus modules that have to communicate. Mm-hmm. You've got to crank an engine. You've got to find top dead center. You've got to load up and charge and fire coils and injectors. Mm-hmm. Well, look look where we've come from in that car. The, the truck you had and I have is that... You stepped your foot on a pedal on the floorboard, and you went from yeah. no start to 
you know, a big, there was a big uh, bolt behind there uh-huh. that touched a piece on the starter. And most people don't know what this is, but you older guys do. And, Manual uh, starter solenoid. Yeah. So everybody have everybody there that has stick shift. They have three pedals. Most people have two. Some have three. This particular truck had four, five pedals. Five. Didn't five. Switch. Well, it, and, and then it had a parking uh, brake. Parking brake. So it had six pedals. Six pedals. Yeah. And then the far right one was the uh, the starter. You press down on that. You push on it, and then that's what starts your car. And I mean, you're you're like you know you're in there like an airplane. You're you're pulling the chokes. You're doing this. You're pulling back and. Yeah, you look like that guy behind the curtain in The Wizard of Oz. And then that big thing of smoke and fire comes out. Yeah, that's it. It does. (laughs) You know, and then when uh, mine would fire off and run, it would absolutely run like a watch. Oh, the bolts were a great engine. They were so smooth, and you could stand next to it for the most part because the idle was so low, you couldn't even hear it running. So there was a lot to get it going, but once you got it going, it was great. do not kill that thing on a hill. No, no, yeah, and uh, it's yeah, it's a lot of slipping in the clutch. Yeah, do not kill it on a hill. All right, we're going to head over into calls. Uh, we got Jim on the line with an 09 Acura. Jim, what's going on today? Hey, too, not too much, guys. Uh, I appreciate your show. Um, yeah. uh, my sister's got a 2009 Acura MDX with like 155,000 miles. She's looking to sell to my daughter. Um the only thing, it runs good, but the power windows are not working, and the uh, sunroof is not working. Do you guys run across anything like that, have an idea of where maybe to start? Absolutely. <laughs> well, I guess on the sunroof side, um, do we know why it's not working, or does it just not work? It's just not working. Okay. Uh, all right. it, it, the car's been well taken care of. I'm, I'm not sure what's going on there. You I know, haven't seen it yet. That's an RDX, you said? MDX. MDX. Uh, MDX. MDX. So the, the sun yeah. the sunroofs, it all depends on how deep you want to get into that. I mean, a lot of times you've got either a switch or you've got a motor. Those don't – they go bad, but not all that often. Most of the time what happens is that the, the tracks or something in the plastic part of that's just bad. Um you know, I guess it really depends on how much you really need to have the sunroof open. If it, were, okay. if it were me, I would pay somebody to go up inside there and disconnect the switch and just, if it's closed, leave it alone. So um, because does anything make any kind of noise at all? I mean, when you push the button, there's just nothing, no noise, no sound on any window or the sunroof? Yeah, she lives out of town, so I personally have not seen it she just told me that the the windows are not working every now and then the back one will kind of work a little bit if you help it sure okay so first place i'm going to start with this because your driver's switch is kind of your brains behind this entire network all this body controller network for your windows and sunroof come through that switch Mm -hmm. in one way or another so the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to check the wires going to that in that driver door harness because the wires okay. that can bring this entire system down all together are very small. And, yeah, and, and it's going to be a power or it's going to be a ground wire. Well, otherwise, otherwise it would work, but maybe not just have the right rear not work. I'm looking for a computer reference wire, sure. high and low speed can, very mm-hmm. small wire. Um, that's what I'm going to look at, and also every wire in there. It's real easy to pull this boot back 
and you're going to see either one broken. You might have to take some tape off and kind of tug on them, but that's where I'm going to okay. start with this. Otherwise, I mean, if the battery was disconnected, you might have to relearn them where you just hold the switch down for 10 seconds, and then they just start working. But The driver's door is what's open the majority of the time, back and forth and back and forth, so it's conceivable that the wires could be broken in there. Um and and that's why we're looking there first. Mm-hmm. That's where okay. I would start with this fix. I mean, it gets okay. way deeper from there because we're talking about a network that has yeah. to communicate. So. And, you're, and if you kind of diagnose, that, the, that. if you diagnose the windows, that's that's going to be your first step. And you know, if the sunroof comes back online, great. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't, then okay. I wouldn't worry about then it. Then just leave leave it be. If okay. it's if it's shut, that's that's the best scenario. We've. We've had many of them that were stuck open, and uh, you know. Oh God! And it's help. always a rainy day. That, that it's always a rainy day. And it's, yeah. it's, it's help, yeah. help, help, help. Can what? What can you do? I said I can get it shut for the moment, and uh, that's kind of what we do. And then you just buy. You can't just buy pieces and parts if there's something plastic and they're broke. You got to buy the whole track. You buy the it. whole track, the yeah. whole thing. Pull the sunroof down, the, the the headliner down. It turns into thousand plus dollars for a used unit Ooh. just to, to do that. That's why I say be careful hitting the button, and if it gets open, then you got a whole different set of problems today. Right. you got to think right. quickly. Yes. Don't do it today. It's supposed to rain. <laughs> yep. No, it's <laughs> Try that, Jim. If there's, yeah, take it somebody. You look at it first. Check the wires. See if they're broken. If not, you might have to get into a garage and have them take a little closer look because the wire diagrams are going to get pulled out and find out which, where, and what. And uh, if you need okay. some more help, give us a call. All right. Thank you, sir. You bet. You Appreciate it. a great day. Yep. Yeah. Thanks. Bye. Appreciate you listening. All right. We're going to take a quick break on the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. We'll be back in a minute. Almost in time for Valentine's Day, Papa Wheelie Records presents Love Songs for Mechanics. Part 2. That means part two. I'm all out of oil. My transmission is grinding every 3,000 miles. But I still need reminding. I'm all out of oil. Get all the classics. Car registration or extra change. Or even a road map for some cool shade. It's strong and it's big and it's even got a little light. And it might just save your life. That's the power of the glove. That's the power of the glove box. The glove box. Pop her hood and show off your gaskets with your sensitive side. I love my fender as it falls on the street. Now I need a tow. Tow me, baby. You have made my car complete. But now. But not the bender, baby. For just 200 payments of $19.99 plus your firstborn child, you'll receive the greatest love songs ever written for mechanics. Just call the number you see at the bottom of your radio right now. Or don't. The Mr. Mechanic Show on 1110 KFAB is brought to you by Buchanan Service Center. Visit us online at buchananservice.com. Okay, we are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. We are Buchanan Service Center. 
50th and Dodge, 80th and Dodge. Guaranteed breaks, 49th Avenue and Dodge. Stop in and see us. We're on Dodge. Uh, driven past us many a times. Let's, you know where we're at. Yeah, let's help fix your get your car taken care of. So, All right, let's head over into uh, the calls again and go to Ken. Ken's got a 2016 F-150. Ken, what's going on today? Well, uh, my ranch light has been coming on. Uh, a year ago, it came on. I was up in the sand hills, pull, pulling my boat, shut it off, finished the trip without any problem. I did have it looked at in Valentine for an hour. That's all they had left of, at the end of the day, and they couldn't find anything. Drove it for a year, and now it just happened again last weekend going up to Minnesota. Hmm. Shut it off in Watertown, South Dakota. Started it back up, and was up there for a week and everything was fine and on the way home yesterday it came up came up again twice actually hmm. just a wrench light yes the wrench light and it powers down then you know like you can't go over 55 oh, miles okay. an hour 50 okay. miles an hour i was just going to ask you if there was any other kind of uh, particular problems that went along with it so uh well i did diagnose it up there in valentine at the riley's and i did it down here and it says turbo supercharged under boost the code was PO299, if that means anything. Okay. Hmm. We're going to have to look into that just to see a little bit of what it is. But you've got, so, well, so we know it's a turbo. So we know we've got something going on there specifically. Uh, okay. That's that's better news than what, that we, than what we had. <laughs> <laughs> what so, were you going to say? Well, you just don't know. That, that's why I was going to ask you what kind of engine in it, what a turbo was in it, what uh, all that kind yeah. of stuff, because there's a lot of possibilities when that mm-hmm. light comes on. So 2.7. With a turbo under boost on any engine, the first thing I'm going to look at is the wastegate for being stuck open. I think that was – I think I heard that mentioned somewhere too. So on these trucks – the only good thing about where they put these turbos is you can get to them somewhat easy to look at them. So on the side of a turbo, there's going to be like a vacuum-looking solenoid, look like a canister with a rod coming out one end that goes to a pivot that's mounted on the turbo. That's your wastegate solenoid. Okay. And there's a clip that holds it onto that pivot that you can undo and see if that wastegate will open and shut by hand. Your, your bushings or bearings... They and, seize up. Yeah, they, they get it. screaming hot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they're they're not on a bearing because the bearing no. won't last. They're on a bushing. Just a brass bushing in yeah. there, and they warp and they don't move. They'll stick wide open, and essentially, when your wastegate's open, any boost that you're going to make is just going right out your tailpipe. Right. So it's getting stuck open. He's going to be up into a new turbo from that. Yes. Yeah. Are would being under a load, like pulling my boat, et cetera, would that make it more susceptible to going off? Because mm. it's only done it at that time. I mean, Possibly when I've been driving a long distance. Yeah, you're increasing the load. You're going up a hill. I mean, anytime that turbo is under a load, it's going to want to create as much boost as it possibly can. I mean, so that gate's going to be functioning at those points, going uphill under a big load. That's when that thing's going to be active. Okay. Um uh, it, the only other problem. Well, I had it. In, I'm sorry. What's that? So, so you say pulling is the only time that you've had a problem driving around normal with this truck. You've not had an issue. Not with that wrench, like no. Okay. Well, 
Was there it any? Actually, other- it was almost a, a year to the date that it did it. It did it last June, and then it did it just like I said last weekend again. Yeah, I'd start taking vacations in July. Yeah, I June, think that. June, apparently, <laughs> or maybe in the in the winter. Yeah. Well, and, and and I think would it be associated with another codes in the car, but that particular engine with that V six also had problems with stretching the primary chain, and when it when it does that, it will cause reduced engine power and cause a lot of the symptoms you have. Maybe the the codes aren't exactly the same, but it's only under pulling. It, when you drive it around just in the the normal part of the truck, it never really has an issue. We, we've had that a, a problem a couple of times on these trucks. And I drip, I pulled my boat, not a lot, but more than just these last two times, you know, right. around here or maybe smaller trips. You know, I went to Kansas and it didn't happen. Um, now, what that you're talking about the wastegate, and I'm just curious, they looked at my truck in Valentine for an hour. Would they be able to get that far into it in that time? No. Okay. You're going to have to pull the inner wheel wells out <clears throat> to okay. really, I mean, you could probably see them, you know, and maybe get like a long hook up there and see if you can move them with the rod attached, but I mean, you'll have to do a little bit of in-depth work to kind of get to actually yeah. get your hands on these things. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah they're, I'll have to let a mechanic, I'll have to let a mechanic do that. So, yeah. um, they're, they're right in between the exhaust manifold and the catalytic converter. They're, they're sandwiched right in there. So you right can, between the frame and the engine. Yep. yep. Okay. And, uh, uh, they are more accessible than you would think. What about this? I got another symptom. When after driving long periods of time to go, you know, three, four hours and I got to get gas, I can pull into the gas station. And this has only happened, same situation, coming or going on vacation, pulling my boat, I pull in to get gas, get gas, go to start it, and it won't idle. It'll die. Now, it didn't do it this trip, but it did it last year a few times. Hmm. And that's usually like when I'm pulling the boat, you know, it's usually warmer temperatures, obviously, but. Hmm. Uh, <clears throat> Not specifically. I don't think that these two problems are linked together by any means. Okay. No. Um, something like that. I mean, the first thing that I'm going to look at is anything that has vacuum to the fuel system, evap purge solenoid. Is that thing stuck okay. sticking open and you're filling a tank and you're pulling all those fuel vapors up into the engine and running it rich? Right. And this is after a fill. So if that, if that, purge, yes. if, yeah, if that purge is open or stuck slightly open, you're... You're flooding out the engine with, through vapors, and that's why it's having an issue. Yeah, that would be the okay. first place it, I would look for that particular issue. And those can be tough because they don't always do them all the time. No, exactly. Yeah, that's very rare. Uh, so, but, but that's not, is that hurting anything if no, that happens? No. Once it gets okay. running, it clears okay. out, and you'll be fine. Those are okay. Those are fairly cheap. You could buy one and hang it on there and, and uh, see if you have the problem again. Okay, I appreciate your guys' help. You bet. Appreciate the you call. Bet. Have a, you too. All right, we're going to go to uh, Richard. Richard's got an 09 Impala. Richard, what's going on today? Uh, yeah, my daughter's car, and uh, when she shuts it down, she has a chattering uh, in, under the dash. I think it's the doors or something on the uh, uh, I air think, conditioning or something. I think yeah. you're exactly right. Yeah, I agree, and I bet you it's probably the uh, the recirculation motor so what you, what you want to do in, in to diagnose some of this does it does i just it, did one yesterday in a 2010 impala yeah i mean the, does the temperature go back and forth okay if it does you know you can start moving it from the hot and cold button from to hot to cold to see if it goes away 
and then also hit the button for recirculation, see if it goes away. Do that separately. If it goes away when you switch it back and forth on the temp, then that's more than likely the motor you got. If you you hit the recirculation button and it either starts up or quits, then the, you've got that going on too. So oh, yeah, this this is basically is there different motors? Yep, like three yep. or four of them. Yep, yep. correct. You've got yeah, uh, if you got dual zone, you've got uh, two, two there, three, four, five. Yeah, potential motors. Yep, potential motors. Yeah. Well, this uh, yeah, this was my car, and I sold it to her three years ago. Uh, it's it's only got seventy thousand miles on it. Good. That's the only problem she has with it. But and uh, uh, when she shuts it off, it chatters for I don't know maybe five minutes, and then it then, it, then it's quiet. Yep. I'm guessing uh, recirculation it, door. That's my money. I got ten bucks on the circulation door. I say passenger yeah. temp door. Okay. Call us back. Uh, yeah, we got money one, on this now. Otherwise, I'm going to have to pay Kyle, and I don't want to do that. One thing that when, when she's driving, running, that's it, fine. There's no noise at all. Right. Yep, it'll just, just do it for it it's a just, minute or so. Yeah, it's, it just, it's trying to find home. It doesn't know where home's at. And after a while, it says, okay. I give up. I'm going to run the battery down if I keep trying to find where uh, where home is at. And it just stops. That, okay, now, will, will that hurt anything, just to let it chatter? chatter? Nope. N- nope, it's just annoying. Then eventually that nothing, door... Nothing's getting, nothing's getting hot and going to burn up. Nope. Nope, it's just plastic gears, plastic okay. housing, plastic... Pla- I mean, the only metal in that thing is the windings in, in the, the motor. That's it. Yeah. And they just yeah. finally okay. give up and start... That's all you're hearing is just two plastic gears ratcheting over top of each other. Yeah. Okay, I'll tell her that. She says it's embarrassing, <laughs> but other than that, I guess there's no problem with it. Well, you find, you know, I mean, it's probably going to cost what uh, three, four hundred bucks to fix. You can, you, you can, yeah. she can figure out where embarrassing is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. right okay. Well, thanks. You bet, Richard. Appreciate the call. All right, we're going to take a quick break of the Mister Mechanic Show. We'll be back and answer more questions in a bit. We are back on the Mister Mechanic Show. 558 1110 is the numbers to get in. We're going to head right back into the calls. Go to Dave with an 09 Honda Accord SE. Dave, what's going on? What's the problem? In the last six months, when I hit the ignition, I get this clicking sound, and it sounds like it's on the left hand side of the steering column. Is that a contact issue there, or does that relate to the starter? Your car's starting up fine, or is it not starting? I. When, when it does the clicking, you just turn the key back, hit it again, and then it will start. Does it probably one out of four or five times? Well, you're turning that key over. You're taking that ignition switch, which is going to a relay, and then that relay is going down to the starter. Put a lot okay, of starters please. in these. Yeah, it, you know, this is a tough used to be that you put a lot of ignition switches in these cars not so much anymore not I, so much i can tell you the last time that i put one in a newer honda agreed it was probably because it got stolen or uh, tried to be stolen agreed agreed and uh you've got a fair amount i, I think we probably do more starters than anything else what i would do is oh. the old light bulb trick yep two jumper wires and a light bulb one off your s terminal one to the ground on your battery put your light bulb under your windshield wiper drive around like normal if you turn that key and nothing happens and that light bulb's lit, you know you got a starter issue. Right. You turn that key and that happens, 
and your light doesn't illuminate, then we know we haven't even gotten powered down to the starter at this particular point. And you got to go backwards. Yep. Yeah, then we got to go backwards. And then the next two steps okay. there would probably be a relay um, and an ignition switch. We're doing both at the same time. Okay. I, I know that's, well, I know that's a pain, but the starter is not any fun to do. Nope. And uh, if you rig up this little wiring thing, like he, uh, like Kyle said, at least you have done some diagnostic yourself and you've able to track it down to what it is on an intermittent. It, it, you know, intermittents right. drive you nuts, and all they do is you spend more money than you need to if you just stab at it and take the educated guess. So that's kind of why we suggest yeah. that. Okay, doke. Well, I would assume if I take it to a uh, reputable uh, mechanic, he can probably figure that out. Is that right? Oh yeah. Well, yeah. As long as it's yeah, yeah if it's doing it at the time, if it does it every oh. once in a while, you're going to take it no more of an educated guess than we just did. I'll be darned. Okay. So uh, maybe just keep driving it till it doesn't start. Well, that yeah, works. That works. And then you can hold. Well, here's the other thing you can do. If you if you want, find out where that starter's at. Um, and then, you know, visually look at it. And then when you, if it happens, well, you said you turn the key back and then you turn it again, it fires right off. Correct. Okay. Well, a lot of times when this happens to us, we will start the car repeated amount of times, get everything hot and warm and going and, and when it doesn't start, uh, we'll hold the key on, and then we'll go check for power, or we'll tap the starter with a with a hammer or an end of a of a pry bar and see if it fires off. And a lot of times it will, and we know where our problem's at. It's it's at the starter. But for, okay, for a that, go ahead. That that di- that diagnostic you're talking about, I suppose that's fairly expensive. Well, what to hang the wires on there and check to see what you got. <laughs> yeah, I, no. I, I'm not a mechanic, so I have okay. no idea. Anyway, yeah, it's uh, it's just a matter of it, an intermittent is just that, and it's you can take an educated guess and say, well, this out of this particular car, these are probably the four things that go wrong, and out of those, we put starters probably on most of them. But you don't want to okay. spend okay. you don't want to spend four or five hundred bucks on an educated guess until you know for sure. Okay. So, All right. Well, very good, gentlemen. I appreciate your help. I'll go from there. Thank you. All right. You bet. Thanks for the appreciate the call. I, I'm sorry that we can't uh, – we'd like to get down to specific on that, but sometimes you just can't. Yeah. Um, intermittents are tough. Yeah. Always. Inter- intermittents are tough, and, and you're right. If you're taking it to a garage and, they're, and they actually diagnose and are for sure that's what it is, then go ahead and do that. If they're not sure, then you need to be comfortable with – a, this is what I want to do because this is probably the most common thing. But if it doesn't solve the problem, don't get mad at me. Yeah. So you, you just have to talk that out with your with your uh, with your mechanic, so you you know both feel comfortable. All right, we're gonna head over to Jacob. Jacob's got an 05 Lincoln Navigator. Jacob, what's the problem today? Uh, I've been having problems with my Lincoln. Uh, it's, uh, we started with uh, the fuel pump. And uh, put in a new fuel pump. We put in a new fuel filter. Um, and it started up, and we got it running. And then the uh, I parked it again and went to work the next day, and it died. And then we got it started again, um, kind of just by 
you know, doing little like this and that, like we did hit the fuel reset, but when I hit it, I couldn't really tell that it was like doing anything. And then I saw online that, you know, sometimes it's stuck and you have to like hit it 30 times slowly. So it might release and then you can hit it again. Um, Hmm. but it's, I just can't get it. I can't get it started. Like, I mean, once I do get it started, sometimes, uh, I'll, I'll make it across town. I'll park it and then come out and it's just nothing again. I mean, it'll turn over, but it's not catching any fuel. Any, um, so, so you know, it's not fuel or do you know it's, or are you just assuming that it's fuel? Uh, that's just what I've, I've been being told. And that's the route that the, um, people that are helping me are going, I guess. Okay. So you had this fuel tank out of here to put a fuel pump in it. Um, well, that was out. Did you put a fuel pump driver module in this truck uh, or look at yeah. it? No, no, nothing with the driver module yet. That's Those the, things like to sit back there on the frame, and they rot away. They rot away. It's above the uh, – pull the spare, spare tire. tire down if it's if it's even got one in there. You'll it see does. it. Okay. you got to pull the spare tire down in order to see it. It's kind of on the – I would say towards the front side of the, of the tire – Spare tire. A little bit smaller than your cell phone. It's got one connector and two screws holding it in. Yeah. Fair. Okay, but is it, something, is it something that could be even simple, like just like a fuse or a relay, you know? Well, you wouldn't be able to get it restarted without replacing that if that were the case. Yes. But so, the, but driver, it's, the driver module you're speaking of? Yeah. Yes. So what the driver module does is that it's a returnless system, which means that this driver module is only supplying as much fuel as the engine needs uh, to run based on your f- uh, foot on the pedal. It's a variable resistor. Right. So they're, they're made of aluminum. They were bolted to the to the frame. And when the corrosion and all the salt that we put down on the road nowadays just gets in there and just eats that aluminum away, well, there's a printed circuit board in there. And after a while, it just causes problems. At some point... If it's exactly what we think it is, and these it are, ain't going to run at all. It is very common to happen. You'll uh, it'll be on the back of a tow truck at some point, and uh, you'll be able to diagnose it down for sure. That's what it is. So if you are truly in the the fuel area, and that's your problem, that'd be the absolute first place that we look. Okay, yeah, because I mean, I just uh, like I said, we got it running, and it like it was running fine, and then. Uh, I came out the next morning and I would turn it over and it's turning. It's just not catching or anything. Right. And then we did. Go ahead. No, no, you're right. We got it. And then, uh, so, uh, then, um, I, I got to work the next day, you know, it was running great all the way across town. And then next thing I know it's turning over and it, it's just nothing. And then, uh, so, so based off of that, I guess you're saying uh, since we changed the pump already and put a fil- fuel filter in, it's got to be the driver module. If it you're on the fuel system, it doesn't got to be. We're or, assume- I mean, I, yeah, I hear you. We're going <laughs> off. We're going off what your diagnostic is. So we're assuming that you already have spark, and you're not losing spark to the to the uh, coils. Like a, well, a, at one point the uh, my battery was killed from whatever the problem was too that, because I part I got it parked that, and that then ha- I would that has nothing to do with it. That's just from okay. you. That's just from you cranking it. So it, it takes <laughs> air. That takes air, fuel, and spark to run an injector pulse timing and blah 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 blah. But you know, we got to get down to in. We got air. We we need spark to run the engine. So do you have a crankshaft yep. position sensor that's going bad? We don't know that. 
Do you have a fuel pump that's going bad? Well, I don't know. That's kind of where you're headed. So we're assuming that you've got you're losing fuel pressure because you checked the fuel prep the the fuel pressure on this car and you know you're losing fuel and if you are then your fuel pump driver module is the next step to go if you're not if you're not losing fuel then you've got to take the step in to make sure that you're actually getting spark when this car dies so okay try look at that look at that driver module because they're very common to go bad if not Give us a call. Find out if you have spark when this car dies. You'll have to uh, find out. What's, it, a, what's a, like a, the pro, price of a mo, driver module? Uh, depend, are you doing it yourself? Uh, I can't do it, but I, a buddy or somebody, I, I'm no good with cars. Okay. The part's mm-hmm. probably a couple hundred bucks. Yep. Yep. Probably that. And then, like you said, it's like two screws and a, an attachment or something. Yep. Just a connector and two screws. Up under the uh, or on top of where the uh, spare tire would be. Spare tire yeah. area. They're eight All millimeter right, cool. screws. Yep, yep. They're eight millimeter screws. We've done a bunch of them. That's why we're heading you that way. All right, Jacob. Appreciate the call. We're going to take a quick break, Mister Mechanic. Be back in a bit. All right, we are back in the Mister Mechanic show. We're going to head straight over into the call and go to Bill. Bill's been patiently waiting. Thanks, Bill. O four Mercury. What's going on? Good morning, gentlemen. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. A a, a 2004 Mercury Sable, the two gauges in the center of the instrument panel, the heat gauge and the fuel gauge, all of a sudden started acting up. Uh, Do you have any idea what would cause them to start uh, misreading? Printed circuit board. Yep. So they are just reading erratically or jumping back and forth or... Just way off. Well, well, the, the the heat gauge goes over to hot and sticks there, and the fuel gauge goes over to full and stays there. Yeah. And they they just it went open. This. Yeah, it, it, there's uh, it went open. There's an open circuit. Mm-hmm. Both of those two circuits, the temp sender and the fuel sender, are both variable resistors to ground. So when you unplug them or make an open circuit, they go full hot. And when they're connected right and you have resistance through the senders, that pulls them to ground and brings them down where they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. If they were shorted so, to ground, they would be cold and empty. Yeah. They're open, so they're full and hot. Okay. So just check all the connections. Well, no, I think I think you're. it's unlikely that you've got two problems with the gas gauge and the temp gauge all at the same, you Being, know, two, I mean, broken parts because they're, they're opposite ends of the car this is going to be in your gauge cluster correct so what you're going to okay. want to what isn't well, yeah with an 04 20 year old car you're going to want to you pull it you pull it get one that's uh, as close as mileage as you can and uh just swap it out because it's all one unit you're not really going to pull the those out and change those individually nope. yeah i was afraid of that okay. yeah okay well you can pick up um, a good cheap used one he cha- uh, my grandson changed the uh, sending unit on uh, on the fuel gauge, but but that didn't help. So yeah, no, you got to fix that open it, circuit. It, yep. Okay, it's in the panel. Okay. Yep. Okay. Well, thank you very much for taking the call. You bet. Appreciate the call. We're gonna head over to Dave. Dave's got an '04 Toyota Corolla. Dave, what's going on today? Yeah, that 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 evap coil 
code, and it, I have to clear it about every 100, 200 miles. I've done both sensors, the one under the hood, the one back by the tank, and I've done a smoke test on it. I cannot find the dang leak in it. I've checked all the hoses uh, that I can check, and uh, still, is there another thing I might be missing on it? What code are you getting, like a 455? Uh, it's the one that says small evap leak. They, it's, they, they say it's really common on these things when they get old. Yeah, they, they a are. A lot of times you got to replace that canister. Toyota sells it with the canister, and then there's another VSV sensor on it. Yeah. Yeah, I've already, I've already changed the sensor. I can tell if the, if the canister's bad. Yeah, they're, they're, a small leak is difficult to fix because it's a small leak. So it can be plastic yeah. lines. I, I would probably, the next thing I would probably do is take it somewhere if you really want to get rid of it and have it smoke tested so that you can kind of see where it's at. That's what I would probably do. Okay, then. Thank you. You bet. That ends another hour, Kyle. Quick, fast. We answered them all. I feel like there's more cars out there that need our attention. Yeah, it's 558 is the number to get in next week. Get in early. I'm Bob. Kyle. We'll see you next week. Everyone deserves to be connected. That's why Cox offers a range of high-speed internet plans that fit any budget. Stream, chat, and stay connected at an incredible price. It's fast, reliable internet for everyone. You're probably thinking, wait, what? But yeah, it's true. Learn more at cox.com ACP. Non-transferable one per household. Application and eligibility decisions are made by the FCC. Other restrictions apply.